0: Let's pray. So Father, we thank you right now. How good and how pleasant it is to be together. We thank you for joy. We thank you for laughter. Before this even started, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your realness. God, that you're a person and not a religion. We glorify you. We rejoice in you. We thank you for the energy of your eternal Zoe. We thank you for the quickening of your spirit within us and in this place today. We thank you that we join one with you and one with each other right now. Glorify the house of your glory. Manifest yourself, your very self, your real self. We pray in Jesus' name. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. And we thank you for the joy, the righteousness, the peace, and the joy that's coming out of every person's heart today. We thank you and we rejoice with those who rejoice. Glory be to your name, Father. Thank you so much for how real you are. Thank you for how real you are in this hour, in our lives, and on this planet, on this globe. And we pray for this request for Nikki. We pray right now, God, that you begin to touch him. You begin to intervene. There's no distance in prayer. God, right now you begin to do a miracle in his body in the name of Jesus. We believe that you quicken him by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Raise his body to health. Raise his body to health. Raise his body to life. We pray in the name of Jesus. Intervene right now in this situation Make his body whole in the name of Jesus, we pray. And we thank you for this day. We thank you, God. Open up this word of God. You, the word of God is a person, Lord Jesus. We welcome this, the scripture, the word manifest in us, to us, engrafted in us, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. amen, amen. All right. If you have your Bibles, open up to First Chronicles chapter 12, First Chronicles chapter 12 we're going to start reading in verse 32 and you can put your finger there and I want you to find Proverbs chapter 7 we'll go to Chronicles first and then we'll go to uh, Proverbs 7 in a second now actually I'm going to read them reverse okay let's do Proverbs 7 verse 4 and I'll give you a chance to get there Proverbs 7 verse 4 right okay the times that we're in right We were talked about awareness, right? Awareness is connected with discernment, right? Put that in your notes. Awareness, spiritual awareness. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, I don't want you ignorant concerning spiritual matters. He doesn't want, God doesn't want his people ignorant concerning spirituals, right? That's the real word. It's spirituals, right? Not emotionals, but spirituals. Not religion, but spirituals. So spiritual awareness, right, is connected with discernment. The sermon is connected with wisdom manifest. Wisdom is connected and has parts of truth, mercy, and reality in it, right? Mm. That's the wisdom of God. Wisdom has redemption in it. Wisdom is a person, mm. right? So, But we're talking about awareness, and we're talking about spiritual awareness, not being ignorant of it, awareness in us, right? Awareness of times, awareness of seasons. And we've got to get to that place where we trust that inner man, that regenerated man, the new creation that has A measure of discernment. Say a measure. measure. I can see in a measure. I may not have that gift of discernment, but I can see in a measure because I'm born again. I belong to him, right? Right. So discernment. So I want to read Proverbs chapter 7, verse 4, and it says it like this. Say to skillful and godly uh, wisdom, you are my sister, right? And look at the next part of it. Regard understanding, and I want you to circle insight as your intimate friend, Insight, regard it, right? Put down regard, acknowledge it. I'm, I'm acknowledging insight in my life. Insight as my intimate friend. Yeah, I'm beyond doubting this, right? Say, I'm beyond this. Yeah. If, if it's said inside, I see it inside, I believe it and I leave everything outside, yeah. right? That's discernment. So when you do that in your own life, when you, hear, when you have thoughts that come to your mind, thoughts that come to your head, you have that spirit of discernment, the spirit of awareness. You know what spirit you're of and you know what spirit that thought's of. Behind every thought, there's a source. It's either Satan or your carnal inclinations, right? Or the Lord himself, right? So we're discerners. We learn to discern. Say, I'm learning, learning. discerning. I'm learning spiritual awareness. I am a spirit, right? I don't just have one, I am one. And I live in a body and I have a soul. But I'm paying attention. I'm taking heed. I'm regarding, like Proverbs says, wisdom. I'm regarding insight. What I see from my heart, not what I see from my natural eye. I want you to write down Ephesians 1. Paul said, I pray that you would be flooded with light in your inward man. I pray that your eyes would be enlightened. What eyes here? Inside eyes. Inside ears. That's what we're doing right now. So we have awareness. We have awareness of his presence within us. Awareness of what's happening around us. Awareness of other people, what spirit thereof, mm-hmm. And awareness of the time and season on this planet. Because mm-hmm. we're discerners, right?
1: right?
0: It's our friend. Don't dread it. I used to dread it sometimes. Because when I'd see something. And sometimes it's tough. And you've got to wean yourself and uh, strengthen yourself. Write down, strengthen myself. And not doubting. We're beyond this doubting. You're not hating. You're discerning. And sometimes that would try to hang people try to neutralize when you see stuff in, in life and say, Well, that's just being a hater. No, that's not a hater. That's not hateful. That's honest. Right? So you're gonna have to tell yourself that when you see something that's not favorable, when you hear when you see that and you know it's true, you're beyond doubting it. You go that it is what it is. I didn't I didn't pick it, that's what God revealed to it. John the Baptist couldn't pick where he saw heavenly doves, he couldn't pick where he saw a ton of vipers. And the truth is you'll see more vipers and that's not negativity, that's just reality.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So you have to anchor yourself. Don't be reduced to people saying, well, that just sounds, you're not a hater, right? Because the spirit you're of has love, life, and truth. But don't don't be lied to in your head and dummied down from discernment. God wants to strengthen you, empower you to see things, to direct you, right? right? To see what to join and what to leave behind. Write it down. What to join and what to leave behind, We're doing a lot of that. With the Lord, when you're following the Lord, serving God in a real way, you're going to be leaving a lot of things. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: One thing I do, he says, Paul said through the spirit of revelation, I leave what's behind, I'm going forward, right? Mm -hmm. There's always a leaving. There's always a leaving and going forward. Mm -hmm. Jesus said it, and we'll go there in a minute, Matthew 15, and he says like this, once you see it, and the the disciples go, hey, uh, the Judaizers are saying this, they're saying that. He said, leave them. They're blind guides. Let the blind lead the blind into a ditch. Leave it. Sometimes you've got to leave stuff that's blind, right? Whether it's people, whether it's a belief system in your own life, I've got to leave that behind. I'm discerning that's blind, right? God is life, light and love, right? All right, so let's go to First Chronicles, chapter 12. and if you're already there, verse 32. And then we're talking about discerning. You know, 1 Corinthians 14, go look at it later. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about, and 12, I'm sorry, 12 through 14, talks about, the 12 talks about the gifts in spiritual matters. And one of them is discerning of spirits. That's just a gift. But we all have a measure as believers, but there is also a gift that amplifies your discerning, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A lot of you in here have that, right? So you have an awareness, a discernment. You could tell what spirit you're of or what you're listening to, and what spirit people are of, right? And, and you discern it, you learn to discern. So this, and, and, and universally, what's happening worldwide. And it says it like this. In this whole chapter, it's about David's, uh, a bunch of mighty men that David had that came to him in a time, uh, I think it was at Ziglag, but the 32nd verse said there was a group, out of that group, called the sons of Issachar. Verse 32. And the sons of Issachar says, And of Issachar, the men who understood the times, circle times, and they knew the times, the seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And they had understanding of what Israel was supposed to do. The King James reads like this. Issachar, the sons of Issachar, they were men of understanding. That word understanding is they were men of discerning. You look it up in the Hebrew. They're men of discerning. Say, I'm a man of discerning. I'm a woman of discerning, right? I, I, I see it. And as I see it, I follow it. As I see it, I call it, right? I don't doubt it. I'm beyond that. It's not hate insights my sister understandings my friend right it's not an enemy though you can feel sometimes it could put you in a place like john the baptist in a a, a alone type of thing but you're never alone you got to buy uh buy the truth and don't sell it what is real is real what is true is true and you are you're more of a friend of god than you are a friend of men that's what it takes to navigate. That's what it takes to navigate. Love the truth. Don't sell it. Buy the truth. Yeah. A friend of God more than a friend of men. That's how we live. Mm-hmm. It's not as comfortable. It's not as casual. And it's tough on your soul. Yeah. But nevertheless, it's real, right? But Say, yeah. I delight to do your will. I only want what's real, right? That's right. And the children of Issachar, which were men and women, let's put women on that gender, had understanding of the times. Say times. Times. That's seasons, right? Those all belong to God's reality, time, seasons, happenings of God. To know what Israel ought to do, right? So discerning will give you understanding. It is discerning of what you're supposed to do. And helping other people discern what's going on in their lives, what to do. Sometimes in the last week I deal with people, they're not doing something wrong. Their life's just out of order, Right? And sometimes you just got to set things in order. That's why Proverbs 27, you look later, it says in the Amplified, first things first. All it is is order. It's not that they're doing something wrong. It's not that you're doing something wrong. It's just that you got to set it in order. God's a God of order, right? Divine order removes all chaos. Write it down. Divine order removes all chaos. Out of my temple, say right here, right? Out of this temple, the domestic house, Mm -hmm. and out of... Outside, just divine order. You know, what's delegated, set in order. He says, uh, I came to set some things in order. First things first, right? If you're in confusion at times, you're out of order inside, right? So you are a spirit, right? Say, I'm a spirit. In your spirit, you're regenerated. You're born again. You have the Zoe life of God, the energy, the illumination, the life, the love, the truth. It's in there. When you worship God, you're touched in there with light, love, and truth, Mm -hmm. right? That's your human spirit. You feed off the Lord Jesus. You don't read about the Lord Jesus. He is bread. He is nourishment. He is water. Every time you encounter him, right? Sometimes in your life, you can find and locate yourself in, in the book of Ephesians. And there's stages and phases. And sometimes you're going through all of them in a day. You know, he said, we're a part of the body of Christ. And everybody goes, yes, I am. Yes and amen. And some people in religion will say, hey, if you go to my church, you got to join our membership. That's asinine, stupid, and religious. Mm -hmm. I'm a member by birth, not by joining. I I don't attend and join any church. I assemble because I'm a member of the body of Christ in particular. I am a part of the body of Christ, whether I went to a church or not. Universal, I'm part of the body. Now, locally, I join with who I'm joined to. That's the reality of Jesus Christ. That's the reality of spiritual matters. He says in 1 Corinthians, He set them in the body as it pleased Him. Not that they went where they wanted to attend to appease their conscience. He set them, He sent them, He put gifts in there. That's God's reality. So we're, sometimes we're in, a, we're in this place with the body. Other times, uh, I think it's Ephesians 3, says we're a dwelling place. Ephesians 1 and 2, we're the body. Ephesians 3, we're the dwelling place. Ephesians 4, we're the new man. Sometimes that deals with truth, right? The, the, th- the third chapter is a dwelling place, deals with that presence of God, it says the worship of God, right? To be filled with God, that's Ephesians 3. Sometimes you're in that Ephesians 3 posture being filled with him, right? As you're worshiping or as you're meditating or he speaks in you or awakens you. It just feeds you with the richest measure of his presence, Ephesians 3 says. And that's because you're his dwelling place with his richness and fullness. So you might be in there in the morning, but then the fourth chapter, he says, walk in the new man, speaking the truth in love. So sometimes you're over there listening to truth, enduring truth, mm. practicing the truth, right. which is a person. And you walk in the new man. And that truth is getting you to get off the old thing, put on the new thing, yeah. right? And you could be doing that in the afternoon. The fifth chapter, you could say, man, I got a little uh, dirty here. I have a spot, a wrinkle, and a blemish. We're part of his bride. Say, I'm part of his bride. Well, it's not like a, a gender thing. thing. That's it. He said, the washing of the water of the word. If you're part of his bride and you are, you're going to get rid of spots sometimes. Wrinkles, sometimes blemishes. Those aren't all sins. Those are defects, right? Right? Mm. So we have a defect sometime in our life, the washing of the water of his words. They just wash over you, right? Deep calls into deep. David said, the water washes over me. So sometimes we're in that place. Nourishment, he's the bread of life. Water, when we're thirsty, water for washing and sanctifying. Water for cleaning up our vision, sometimes. Sometimes. Six chapters, sometimes we could be there at the end of the night and you get a bad report and you got to put on the whole armor of God because you're part of that. Those are the phases and stages that you'll go through. Locate them when you're praying. Find yourself in that. Ephesians is a good plumb line. Where am I? Well, I'm just in this worship the richest measure of his presence, I'm being able to comprehend his love more. Oh, and by doing so, I have a dimensional encounter with God, not just a flat line, not just flat and empty, not shallow, dimensional, right? That's the Ephesians third chapter. Mm -hmm. So just locate it where you're at. It helps because you see it with your eyes, even though you perceive it with your heart, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's measuring out, discerning, right? Those things that give us understanding. So I told you that the season. Sometimes the best gift is the gift we need the most. And right now, discernment is a gift we need the most right now. In our lives, for other people's lives, to get them out of things, to get them in things. The Lord is constantly working to deliver us out of darkness, translate us into the kingdom of his Son. That's not just a one-time happening when you're born again. In the context of Colossians, being delivered from the power or the blinders of darkness and be translated, be moved. It could be one day, another day. He'll keep moving us, Right? And like I said, sometimes it's nothing that you did wrong. You're just out of order. One day you wake up and and your mind is leading you. Your mind's not made to lead you. It's made to aid your spirit, not lead your body, right? Right? Ephesians says, doing the will of God by our souls. You carry out, he says, carrying out the will of God through our souls. Our mind doesn't lead us. It aids us. It supports us. It's a supporter adapter to what God put in our hearts, our spirit. So sometimes when people are out of order and they'll call me, they're, they're, they're more clinging to emotion than spiritual intuition. Right. Does that mean that they, they, they sin? No. It just means somebody's out of order. That's like in this house. If you, you uh, Quentin comes home, order doesn't mean controller. Put that down. Order is not controller. Although when you teach divine order, boy, do you get the controllers. Mm-hmm. They want to the, say, want- mm-hmm. the Bible said this. Woman, do that. Woman, jump through a hoop. Woman, give me sex, woman. That's what they say. They're ogres, not order. I've dealt with a lot of ogres in my life. They didn't have divine order. But order makes things better. It removes chaos. If you come home, here's order outside of here. You come home, you guys hug, you sit down, and then all of a sudden the kids start telling you, Mom, go to your room. Dad, go to your room. Something's wrong in order, right? right? They don't have that authorization. They don't have that authority. They don't have that grace. If you guys listen, they'd be out here eating popcorn and candy and not dinner,
1: right? right? right. And mm-hmm. it's,
0: it's just order. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Order is not better. Order means more responsibility. Yeah. That's authority. Mm-hmm. Divine order is connected with divine authority. Mm-hmm. People don't believe that anymore about authority. They think they can do whatever they want, how they want, and that's it. That's why order messes things up. In my 40 years of leadership, why churches were so stagnant, dead, and still are is because of order. Mm -hmm. You get a person that wants to be there. It's not called there. It wrecks the order. Mm -hmm. You want the people in order. He said, bring them to order. First things first, right? So in our own lives, as we're setting things in order, if our mind's leading us that day, If our reasons are talking loud, our logic is talking loud, we're out of order, right? Right. We want to shut it down and put down in your notes, empty out. out. Psalms chapter 131 in, in Psalms in the Amplified, David said, I've quieted and calmed and weaned my soul like a child from its mother, from fretting. Our soul frets. David knew it. David said, my soul frets sometimes. My soul is anxious sometimes. My soul is talking louder than, than God inside of me sometimes. And he says, how do I do it? I calm, put calmness, right? You get more done when you're calm and not anxious. Mm-hmm. Just a posture and adjustment of heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He said, I've quieted and calmed my soul. You ever see people that get into fear, man, or if you've ever been there, your eyes start circling, you start panicking. That's why I'll tell them, hey, stop, calm down, breathe. Right? Yeah. Calmness breeds calmness. I got this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, it, sh- it slows everything down. Right? And that's, and that's connected. Calmness is connected with the peace of God. In mm-hmm. and, and Colossians 3.15, he says, let the peace of God calm you. Right? Yes. He said that peace in Romans 16 will crush Satan under your foot. Mm-hmm. Peace has power to rule. Yes, peace isn't just a chilled feeling. Yeah. Peace has power to rule. And that peace is from, is from him, that part of peace is him, and it shuts down, you just say, shut it down, right? Mm-hmm. Wean your soul, right? Mm-hmm. Philippians one says kenosis, empty out. You could, go to, you could go, I went to the office, my head's busy. Many, many voices, busy, busy, busy. Shut it down, calm down, kenosis, empty out.
1: Mm-hmm. Pour
0: out all that activity. If you have to, just close your eyes. Take a breath and keep drawing on the Lord. That's what we're talking about, right? Waiting on the Lord. Teach us to pray, he said. "Wait, How to wait on him, how to, how to draw out. So you, sometimes you just close your eyes. And Matthew says you draw things out. The treasures of new, the treasures of old, because you're a trained disciple. You draw them out. Mm-hmm. Calm it and draw it, right? Amen. Kenosis, empty out. And pretty soon you don't hear all those things. You don't hear the crowd. You hear that simple voice, that simple reality, that anchoring, whether it comes in the element of truth, life, or peace, Mm -hmm. that anchors you. All of a sudden, you have that thing with God going on. It subdues your soul. It quiets your accusing conscience. It makes your mind start to bend to rest. It makes your will, that stubborn, soft, and pliable. That's the light of God. Mm -hmm. That's the life. comes from your spirit man, right? So that's part of how you, that's the how-tos, right? Mm -hmm. That's how-to. So I told you that. He said, men of discernment, men of understanding, right? Knowing the times and the seasons. Say, we're beyond doubting that anymore, right? I can trust that. I'm going to call it my friend. he say, say, wisdom's my friend, right? Insights, my friend. Discernment's my friend. You might lose some friends, (laughs) but you're a friend of God. Bless God. You become a friend of God. You, you're never alone, right? right. You're not, you're not. You might feel that by yourself, but you're not alone. Right. Yeah. There's, there's uh, 7,000 others that didn't bow the knee, right? right? That's, what, that's the promise that we have, right? Yeah. So yeah, the, the joined to one another in that. That's part of that Ephesians measure. So I want you to go on here as I shift gears. Oh, and I want you, here's an anchor for you. It's not hate, it's being honest, right? Oh, yes. Discernment keeps you out of blindness. Write it down. Discernment will keep you out of blindness. And like I said, just order. Sometimes it's just order. Sometimes your conscience is the loudest in you. Sometimes your conscience is trying to rule you. Sometimes your conscience, and and through it, all your conscience, the highest level it can do is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. The Lord wants us to live by the tree of life, right? Not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong, but life. And sometimes your conscience is self-afflicting, Sometimes your conscience is telling you, condemning things, right? Mm-hmm. And so even after you've gotten every single thing right in your life, that conscience will be overscrupulous, keep talking, it's trying to be a leader. It's not the leader.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Your spirit is, under the submission of Jesus is. Your conscience isn't the leader. It's mm-hmm. out of order, right? Mm-hmm. And the other part is, feel, I talked to an individual this week, highly, uh, emotions aren't wrong. Say emotions aren't wrong. That's where the passion's at. We have passion or emotions, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine, but emotions aren't to rule in rank. Mm-hmm. Everything takes its order. Your light, life, spirit. Then your conscience says, yes, conviction. Then, then your emotions say, man, I love how this feels with God. Mm-hmm. Then the then next thing your mind goes, yeah, we're representing. Mm-hmm. Now you're in order. You're getting down the road, right? Nobody's rebelling. But if it's all emotions, one day I'm motivated, the next day I'm not. What do I do with that, right? It's out of order. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm sinning. It's just that I'm out of order and God's setting this part of me in order. And then when you see it in other people's lives, you hear that voice where they live from the most. Could be your kids in the season. Are they living from stubbornness? That means their will is hard right now, Mm -hmm. right? So you got to deal with their will. When you're dealing with the will, like the father deals with our will, he says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. That's not just your kids. Yeah. Yeah, and he says, and the rod of authority will drive it out of you. Mm-hmm. So when I'm hard and and like that, and not soft in will delight to do my will, guess what? I'm going to get some correction still. Mm-hmm. Hebrews twelve, and that's good news, right? Correction, that's good news. Where are you going, man? I'm going to correct you. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Correction's good news. Hebrews twelve, right? I, I was telling Sarah the other day. People think that they get away with things. If you get away with things, you're probably not connecting with God. He, you don't get away with anything. He says, I scourge every son,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I know in my own life, it's not a bad thing, right? Um, this is a day the Lord has made. Every day is loaded with some mothers well, correction. You don't have to get upset about it. Just endure it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Correction means he loves me just like he loves me when I feel the goosebump.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right? Correction says, I'm not going to let you get away with this because I love you and you're my son and my daughter. I'm going to correct you. I'll, I may even expose you. Your sin could find you out because I love you, right? And then you have, I have other guys tell me, that never happened to me. Well, I'm like, you should probably check yourself. He said, I scourge and correct every son that I love, every daughter that I love. There's correction. If you don't possess correction, you're always hidden, yeah, take a check. Because I don't know. Uh, King James says, are you fathers? If not fathered by God and corrected, then you're bastards. Not in cuss. I'm just reading King James. <laughs> So, so don't, people that boast, that, well I need to get caught about that, It's not how it is. The Father's love will expose you, it'll reveal you, it, 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 you'll find yourself out, and others will too. So sometimes the embarrassment is the greatest growth, right? right? Mm-hmm. And He doesn't leave us in shame, right? He covers us. Yeah. He uncovers, discovers, recovers us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's yeah. His love. Right. And so when people say, oh, I mean, I get away with murder, and I'm like, yeah, you might want to check in of, of what's going on with you and the Father, right? Yeah. Yeah, makes sense? It's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to embrace. So you might wake up this day with a lot of corrections. Well, I want to learn from it.
1: Yeah.
0: Every day's different. This is a day that the Lord has made. He made that day. I will rejoice and be glad in it, right? He made the day. If today's my day, you know, correction, I want to learn. Embrace it, right? In correction, all you can do is endure it, right? Yeah, yeah. in Revelation, you can run with some things in light, right? That's different. Yeah. So whatever day it comes, there is no bad day. With God, there's only a real day.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's either correction and maturity and growth or it's uh, enlightenment and happy. Enjoy both. Yeah. Both seasons, man. Enjoy being happy in that zone and be, enjoy the correction and maturity. You probably grow the most when, when you're in that other place. Yeah. I remember guys telling me uh, after not seeing him for 15 years and I remember the day I just strongly corrected this dude because I have responsibility for this guy. And uh, I thought, oh, man, that was really too hard. And I thought, I'm not going to see him anymore. Hi, <laughs> Kitty. I'm not going to see him. And then uh, 15 years later, he goes, you know what? Where I had the best encounter was in that day of correction. And I'm like, really? I wish you would have told me that like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be carrying did I pull the trigger too hard, yeah. right? Yeah. And we do. We grow. Sometimes we grow in our greatest affliction, oh, right. right? That's God's reality. Write down Second Corinthians 4. Verse 18, say, discern me. It's my friend, insights, my friend, right? That's how you do it. Um, on this thing that I want you to write down in Matthew 15, 14, that we're doing a lot of leaving, right? W- leaving old things, coming into new things, right? All things of God, more things of God, right? Mm-hmm. Notable things, noteworthy things, right? God's blessing increasing us, mm-hmm. right? But by notability, yes. that means he did it. You can't get any credit for it. You know that. Just like this house. It's hard to get credit for it, right? right? God did it. He intervened. Send somebody that fought for you for this. That's a notable thing. So I told you Matthew 15, 14. We'll go there for a second. Matthew 15, 14. Say leaving. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of leaving. And and, and that's healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Not quitting. Put down your note. uh, Not quitting, but leaving. Mm -hmm. Leaving at his permitting. Matthew 15, verse 14. Let's see. 15, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, we'll start with one. I'll just find it in that way. And then came Jesus to, to the scribes and the Pharisees, which were in Jerusalem, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions, right? Circle traditions, right? We're about the new creation. We're not about traditions. We're we're following life. We're following the divine energy of God. That's real. People that get born again experience a measure of Zoe, the energy of God, Mm -hmm. the creativity of God, Mm -hmm. the power in that energy, not just some letter of the law, right? Jesus Christ is the word of God. He is not a scripture. He is the word of God. He's a person. So he says that, uh, the tradition. So, all religion is you're going to have to deal with embracing tradition, right? I'm not doing that tradition. I'm going with the new creation. Mm-hmm. Galatians 6, Paul said, Let's follow the new creation. That's what we're doing. How do I do that, right? I follow love. I follow light. I follow truth. I follow inward conviction. I follow what you said last time, Quentin, the inner witness,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
0: The witness and the litmus test. When you live by this element of God and your human spirit in that way, the witness is so important. Sometimes it's not sinfulness, it's yuckiness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you go up to a certain person or into a certain store or into a certain thing, there's a yuckiness within. Mm-hmm. That's the inner witness saying like, no, back off, right? Mm-hmm. Don't embrace it. Is that sinfulness? No, mm-hmm. it's the inner witness warning Say it like the, you teach your kids, hot, hot, cold, 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 warm, right? Mm-hmm. That inner witness will have that grieving. That inner witness will have that yuckiness. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's sinfulness. Pay attention. Right. Pay attention. Take heed to your spirit. The inner witness is a power of God to what not to get into, right? Yes. So he says, uh, they're, they're transgressing our traditions. Say, I'm made, I've been born again to transgress tradition, right? I've been made to transgress tradition. He says, for they wash not their hands when they eat bread, right? How, how, how silly is that? But we see it every time, everywhere. But he answered and said to them, why do you transgress the commandments of God by your traditions? For God commanded saying, honor your father and mother and he that curses father and mother, let him die this death. But you say, whoever shall say to his father and mother his gift and he goes on to explain their hypocrisy, their traditions and he goes on, right? And he goes about the 10th verse. He said he called the multitude and said to them, hear and understand, circle here, circle understand. Before that verse, he says, uh, let me tell you about this relationship with God. These guys that are talking to you, these guys that are imposing their traditions on you, they draw near to me with their mouths and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me, right? Mm -hmm. Flip the switch, your heart's close to God, right? Mm -hmm. You draw from your heart not with just your mouth, right? right? But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines they commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, hear and understand. You circle here and understand. Not they which go, what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but that which comes out of the mouth defiles a man. I don't, he's like, I don't care about outward religion. I don't care about your church attendance. I don't care about all these outward things. I care about what's coming out of your heart. All right. I care how close you're coming to me with your heart. Yeah. I don't care about your butt in a seat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I care about your heart connecting and meeting with me. Yes. Not attendance, right? Not pretending. That's right. People stay stagnant and stale forever. You have them come to you and talk to you. They breathe dust and they're talking. <laughs> you know, because, But they're attending, bless God. Yeah. But they're not dealing with what Jesus said. They're coming near with lips, come near with traditions, but not coming near with heart and encounter. And that's what we do. No hypocrisy. You come near him from the heart with honesty, Mm -hmm. right? He tells us how to approach in Hebrews chapter four. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. It's throne and it's grace. Come boldly. Approach in Deuteronomy. Don't approach empty. Mm -hmm. Like the woman with the alabaster box that washed his feet. She gave her best. Just give your best. If your head's in a frazzle, just give your best from your heart. Eventually your heart will be one in experience. And then your prayers will come out of oneness. That's what you do, yes. right? Teach, he tells us, teach us to pray. We'll get into that another time. And then the disciples said unto him, know, know you that the Pharisees, they're offended, Jesus, of what you said. Of course they are. <laughs> the Lord, it, he, he wants us to offend, yep. right? Not pretend, but offend. Yes. You, you, if, you're, if, you ha- if you're living by his life, light and love, you're gonna offend many religious people. Right, And he offends their minds to get to their hearts. He loves that. He loves them anyway. But he'll offend them with truth to get to their heart. If you're in a religious posture of tradition, he'll offend your mind to reach your heart. That's a good thing. Amen? Amen. Getting quiet, man. (laughs) He said, it'll offend our our minds to get to our hearts, right? He says, verse 11, It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but which comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. And then the disciples said, they're offended, Jesus, in 12th, the 12th verse. But he answered, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted, they'll be rooted up. And he tells them, leave them alone. Leave them. Remember, leave. What verse is that? 14, leave. Yeah. Another leaving, right? Is your, you left, uh, what did we talk about last week? The little foxes, you left not a hoof. Yeah. You left your Absaloms. He says, now leave this leave religious tradition, Mm -hmm. right? He said, leave them. He didn't say, stay in there and and you're gonna change them. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, keep attending and pretending and you're gonna change them. He said, leave them Mm -hmm. and let their blind guides with blind eyes leading blind guys into a ditch. Mm -hmm. Leave them, right? And you tell your friends sometimes and they come and complain to me. They tell you, well, I'm here and I, do, I don't get anything out of that and it's all dark and it's this and that. Leave. Yeah. If it's blind and they're blind and you're going to follow the blind, you're both going to end in a ditch. Right. Leave. Mm-hmm. These are seasons of leaving, right? Yeah. Follow your believing. Sometimes you've got to leave some stuff. And in that particular chapter of leaving is traditions. We don't leave a hoof, Exodus. We don't, we don't listen to the little fox. We leave that. We don't, we don't weep over absoms of our past. We get up, right? We take our place and we leave tradition. And tradition, you can make your own every day. Right. If you prayed a certain way every day and you've got to do it the same way every day, what was an inspiration that now became a tradition, leave it. He doesn't make monuments. He creates movement. He is life. We don't don't build statues and monuments. We follow (laughs) movement. Zoe, water of life, right? Inspiration of the Almighty God. We follow life, light, and truth. Every moment, every second, every day. You're going to go today to see Super Bowl stuff. You'll, You'll learn the law of witness. I ate a bag of corn chips. The witness said... Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to that. It's daily experiences. Yeah. Give us this day our daily bread. Feed us today. Mm-hmm. I want to learn. I'm excited about God in me. and I'm excited about the situation. Mm-hmm. Let me learn him in, in a Super Bowl party with conversation. Mm-hmm. Let me learn him with overeating and gluttony if that's well that's not nobody in here But I've definitely seen others I want to go there Because I'm leaving that <laughs> I'm leaving that back there I can't keep harping on that I got to leave that Even though I saw a lot of it Gluttonous preachers Anyway <laughs> Traditions Right Follow the witness You know to Follow that inner witness and I'm going to read Another scripture here and I'm probably going to Shut it down Okay I know where I want to go Exactly where I to go Let's go to John 20 That's where I was That's where we ended last week Right John chapter 20. Verse, we're going to go to, we'll start in verse, ah, let's start in 30. Maybe another time I go back. I don't want you to get this down. John chapter 20 and verse 30. When you get there, it says and many circle many other signs, circle signs. Signs in the in the Greek are tokens. Signs in the Greek are marks of demarcation. Signs in the Greek connect with what we said and and uh, talked about a month ago. Notable miracles, notable tokens, notable signs, right? noteworthy in, in the, in the Greek with the, with the helps and the strongs, it'll tell you that it's a, it's an evidence of God's realness. I'm paraphrasing on the, on that one part because I can't remember the rest. It's an evidence of God's, do, basically it's, it's evidence of God's doing it an evidence of God's realness, right? Where no human can take credit for this. That's what a sign is. A sign is a mark. A sign is a noteworthy, a notable thing that you know, a significant moment in your life that had the degree of God alone did this,
1: yeah.
0: right? Some of the, what we're experiencing now, increasing is God alone did this. Yeah. It was a suddenly and we're increasing. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the hit uh, a month ago, it, some notable things are coming. When you hear that voice of faith, it's not happened yet. Yeah. And, you're, and you're over there like, Really? <laughs> really? No, it's connected. I'm not doubting. I'm beyond this doubting this discernment. Yes, really. When? I don't know. And in about two, three days, things start firing, yeah. right? So we can trust that. Second Corinthians 4, he says like this. He, he says, uh, uh, how does he word it? He goes, we, we don't walk by the things that are seen, but the unseen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For the things that are seen are temporary. Temporary, right? That's right. Temporal. And one translation said, those natural things are subject to change, in a moment, in a suddenly, yeah. by God's notability. Yeah. And I'm not talking. I'm talking about your experience. You are have experienced that right here, right. in your life. You're sitting in the couch. You're sitting in the place that wasn't impossible, yeah. but that became a notable. Yeah. And that's happening in everyone's life. Mm-hmm. A notable thing. I saw a guy that uh, sent me a picture of his lungs that were all closed. And now they're open. I said, mark that. That's a notable thing. You know, a notable thing. Something that you just can't do. Something that even medicine just can't do. It's the notable reality of God in you. And man, he says, you know, he's the sovereign reality I told you I lean towards. Paul said in Romans 8, I'm fully persuaded. I lean into this thing about God's sovereign reality. That he changes the season. He permits... He even grants me repentance. He does all of that. He first initiates. Mm-hmm. He changes the seasons in that thing. That's God's reality, right? Yeah. And that's something that we can lean into and hang on to all the time. Right. I'm excited daily what God's doing in me, but I'm excited what I get to see. Where is he? Right. Mm-hmm. We'll find him in everything and every day. Yeah. He said all things work together for the good. You find him in everything, everyone, and all things. You found him through religion a couple of weeks ago. You heard, hey, that's religion. You found God showed you that's religion, right? Mm-hmm. He teaches and trains us in everything and all things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: About ourselves, about others, about him speaking to us. Yeah. You know, if David didn't recognize when he was leave, we were talking about leaving his Amsalms, that Joab had the voice of God within the voice and didn't listen, he said the worst thing ever would have happened to him. Mm-hmm. But he listened. We listened to him directly, environmentally, and through people. But it's got to be the voice in the voice, not just a bunch of talk. I've already went through that a million times in life and corrected it to still, They'll tell you the same thing. No, you can't say you don't need me. I'm part of the body. No, I I don't need your body. I need you to be connected to him, the head. And then I hear the voice through the body, not just a body. Hello. (laughs) So he says, and many other signs, tokens, marks, significant, notable things. Truly, did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, say in this book? But verse next verse. But these things are written. What in this God in this book of John? They must have been important. So I want to pay attention. If if many things weren't written and I don't see them, I can't make up some story. But he said, "But these things were important in this whole." book right here in my whole writings many things weren't written but these are mm-hmm. that you might believe that jesus is the christ the son of god and that believing that you might have circled life mm-hmm. it's all about life it's all about zoe it's all about his life
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so what i want to do if god permits if he, if it doesn't change the plan is i want to i want to re- look at what he recorded in this book john right mm-hmm. and i want to see the thread that he's saying and what he's telling us to do. Matthew, he said, leaving some things. I looked through I don't know, five chapters, and there's a whole lot of leaving in here. Right. There's a whole lot of leaving traditions, a lot of leaving religion, a lot of uh, John 9, leaving blindness. And we're talking about discernment, leaving blindness. And he told, I'm going to get into it maybe another time. But he said, You're blind, go wash and begin to see. And then once you see, religion starts attacking this guy. You'll see it in 9. We'll get, maybe God permitting, another time. But he goes, I want to get you out of religion's. Fold and I want to get you into my Zoe pasture. Write it down. I want to get you out of religion's fold, religion's rules, religion's blindness, religion's leaders. I want you out of that. I want you to leave and I want you into my pasture of Zoe, my pasture of life, my pasture of feeding.
1: Yes.
0: I am the door, right? Yes. The other structure in nine wasn't a door. It was like a cage of religion. That, the word fold meant in the Old Testament, it was where people kept the sheep held. They're, they're held in a little, whatever, fence. Mm-hmm. The Lord said, you're going to get out of your blindness. I'm going to heal your blindness and I'm going to get you out of that fold. And I'm going to bring you to a pasture of Zoe, of energy, of feeding, of health, of vitality. Mm-hmm. That's John 9 to John 10. You check it out. I'm not even in there in the depth of it yet. We'll get into that. But there's so much of a contrast in that. He says, these things are written. These weren't written, but these are written. These are recorded. These are miracles, notable, Mm -hmm. water in the wine. Mm -hmm. Doesn't just speak of a party and a wedding feast, right? Mm -hmm. He's prophesying to our lives. You come in an empty jar with just water. I'm going to intoxicate you. I'm going to change you. I'm putting my Zoe, my life in you. And you're going to be an intoxicating person. You're going to make people drunk. With a new wine, right? Yes. And you know, that's a whole nother thing with religion. I, my God, I don't want to get into it and people say you're meddling. But I cannot stand these religious guys that will tell you that, that God's against drinking. I'm not giving permission for people to be drunkards. Okay. But you cannot find a scripture and argue with that, that. that alcohol, that was grape juice. No, it wasn't. It was intoxicating wine. Right? You just got to ask yourself, is it permitted for me? All things are are, are permissible, but is it, is it for me? That's all. Right. And how I handle it. Right. But don't try to take the scriptures and twist them with your little prudish face and sit there and say, well, That's you're a sipping saint. No, nope. God said, I gave you all these things. Psalms 104. He said, I gave you this. I gave you that. Wine makes heart glad. He tells you all these things. Jesus did this. Right? He said, it's up to you, though. It's up to me. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no law on it. What I'm saying is, don't don't try to rob, don't try to say the scriptures are Welch's grape juice. That's just silly and foolish.
1: Right.
0: No, so I didn't want to get into that. I, I, not in this group. They don't, they don't need to hear it. But people maybe out there need to hear it. It's just right. it's just plain silliness, yeah. and it's part of the Asinine religion. Yeah. You know, gra- grape juice. <laughs> Every scripture talks about it as an intoxicating factor. All right. Right. So whatever you you know people do what uh what do you say what he permits them to do. But it's definitely not a sinful thing. So I know they're going to hate that, the Nashers. Go tell the Nashers that we want to go drink grape juice. But that's between a man and God, right? That's all. So yeah, water into wine. That's the miracle of him changing our lives. Uh, the third chapter of John, Nicodemus. Hey, I got a religious building, a religious tent. And he goes, hey, no, 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 no. Uh, and he goes, but something's wrong, Jesus. And he comes to him at night. He goes, you got to be born again. You got to get my life in you. You got to get that energy of me in you, this Zoe. You got to have life. But I got uh, a building. I got a church. No, you got to have my life. You got to have okay. me in you, right? Yeah. right? I'm going to get you out of religion. But I wear this suit and I wear that collar. No, I got to get my life in you. That's, see, I mean, that's some leaving something and finding something. Fourth chapter, we already talked about it. Leave immor- immorality. Leave your five husbands that, that they're not your husbands at all. Okay, well, then I'll argue with you about uh, part of religion is racism. You're a Jew and I'm that. You're, you're a Democrat and you're that. No, you're nothing. You're a new creation. That's right. right? It's not black or white. It's, not, it's just skin. It's a new creation. Oh, okay. You just broke that and shattered that, Jesus? Okay, what about traditions? Jacob's well. My grandmother went here. I go there. Everybody will go here. Shatter, break. No, it's, it's living water, right? right? All these things are, are they written for a reason. And I want to pay attention. And it goes on. And we'll go, maybe we get to, God permits, through the 8th, the 7th chapter, you know, or 6th. I'm bread. You, you, don't, you don't just read this. You feed from it. The inspiration. Yeah. You get the hit of life from it. And even if you never even opened it, you still get that life in you. Yeah. right? That's bread. He said, I'm bread. I'm sure. right? I'm drink. 7th yeah. chapter. I'm truth. 8. 9. I'm not blindness. I'm light. Mm-hmm. I got a different pasture. And you will go on and on. We'll go into it another time. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. For this day that you have made. And we drink in and we embrace every part of you and everything in our lives. We love you, we love you, we love you. You are truth, you're reality, you're not pretense. Enlarge our tents. We don't live in small circles in our own mind, trapped in our own minds, right? Mm -hmm. God, we live, you enlarge us to bigness, renew our minds change our lives in another dimension today, even by the power of your words. And we give you praise for this day and the learning of you in every situation and every way, in the all things. We embrace and endure your correction and we know you love us. And you chastise every son and daughter. You correct, you instruct, you admonish and mature us. And you bless us and increase us. And we bless you like David said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who's redeemed us, forgiven us, who's healed us, who's blessed us, who's renewed our youth even. We embrace you in all, grace and truth. And God, send forth light and send forth truth. Equip and prepare your people for the happenings of God, the seasons of God. Release them from a fold and bring them into your pasture. From blindness to light, in Jesus' name. Everyone said,
1: amen. Amen. Amen.